This is Kona Bible Church. Thanks for listening. That Jesus pushes us beyond the physical, right? In, in so many areas of life, when he was walking among, people would come up and ask him questions, and he'd be like, no, 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 you need to move beyond the physical. So too, so too with mothers. It's not just physically giving birth uh, that, that makes you a mother. It's, there's a spiritual dynamic or part of, of womanhood that you don't even have to give birth physically to be a mother, to walk into your, your motherhood mantle and, and do that. And so, uh, so here I was sitting there thinking, and I kind of got the gist of it, and I think they were going to, I don't even remember which one she, I should really have the article here and attribute to her the idea um, because I thought, well, I could do that. That sounds great, actually. And I, I, I didn't even come to that conclusion until later in the week and, because I was sitting there thinking, oh, what should I do for Sunday? Should I get back into 1 Corinthians, which is what I thought I was going to do? But the Lutheran church, I wasn't going to do that. There's a lot going on up here in my head this week. So ultimately, I finally got to, I can do whatever this author did that I didn't read entirely, okay? So I, I, I borrowed the idea, conception, I should give her credit, I can't remember her name, and if you really need to know, I'll get it to you. But this is Brian's understanding of what she was trying to do. She probably did it better. So today, we're going to look at the lives of mothers. But I thought, in order to prep us for that, uh, I thought we would go right back to this scripture, because ultimately, I'm doing something today that I don't usually do, and that is, I'm working from uh, conceptual stories of the Bible. Now, I tend to stay away from that, usually because that's not what oftentimes transforms hearts and minds. The Word of God does. Uh, And so I try to stick to the Word of God. But let's do this. Let's read this and uh, refresh ourselves. Two weeks ago, we talked about this. But in light of mothers, I, I, I thought, well, this is a great scripture to come back to, to kind of lay the foundation for what we're going to talk about um, today. So here we are again in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious. Love does not brag. It is not puffed up. It is not rude. It is not self-serving. It is not easily angered or resentful. It is not glad about injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never ends. So as we kind of jump into the lives of mothers in Scripture here, um, we're going to make just two observations, but we're going to use a series of women to kind of talk about that, or mothers. Uh, and so what I, what I found is there's an awful lot of them, there's an awful lot of ladies in the Bible, and uh, oftentimes what you see is just a glimpse of a story, and that they're really behind a passing statement is a, an entire journey that is going on. Uh, Nadia, you talked about that today, and it was such a beautiful uh, prelude and, and setup for the, for the sermon, because Nadia is standing in front of you and, and appealing to you to kind of go, look at this journey of a mother's heart, 15 years been praying for these children. Uh, and, and, and that's, I guess, what I'm inviting you to consider about some of the women in Scripture is to pause, question, and wonder a little bit longer on the stories 
to, to really kind of put yourself in the shoes of, or sandals of these ladies and really kind of imagine what they had to endure. And that's really the first thing that I'm asking you to consider is what mothers endure. Uh, and and when, I, when I say that, I, I want to pause just briefly so that, I, so that you have an opportunity to invite yourself in to your own story with your mother. <laughs> and what did your mother have to endure? Well, maybe with you. Uh, to a degree, um, but also just in the journey of her being a mother, what did she have to endure? Uh, and so when you think about that, then um, I'd like to th- you know, point us back to a couple uh, of, of women in Scripture. And Eve, obviously, was the very first mother. And imagine, I mean, just imagine what the first mother, like you would think it would take some time for the corruption or the brokenness of this world to really hit uh, a mother, but it doesn't. It's the very first mother. She's not only dealing with sibling rivalry, right, this whole dynamic that was unhealthy between Cain and Abel, but she, she actually is in, then end, end, ends up dealing with a, a murdered son. And when I think about that, I think of, of mothers across the globe who have, who have endured these types of things, of, of, of the, that unfortunate circumstance of burying a child uh, before they pass away, and just the trauma uh, that, that, that goes on uh, in that situation. And, and to think about how, so, how, how many women have, have actually engaged in that, and, and the Bible's no different. It, it, life is complex, and, and we live in this world that was created by God with beauty and wonder, but ultimately, we introduced a brokenness to it, and then mothers also have to endure this brokenness. And Eve was no different, and I, I wonder just at times to think about Eve and her story, uh, and, and to think about what it must have been like at the very beginning, it coming out, right, being expelled from the Garden of Eden, and yet still having hope of a new life, and then seeing this happen. Um, and, and, and to see her endurance. Uh, Sarah, Rachel, and Hannah, among others in Scripture, uh, dealt with infertility. And ultimately, they all became mothers, but think about the journey that they were on. Uh, I, I remember just times where the husband would be praying for years. In fact, Isaac prayed for 20 years for his wife in order that she might be able to, to, to get pregnant. And to think about how you have to endure month after month after month of wanting to be a mother and, and yet not being able to do that and, and the endurance and the journey that, that many women are on in, in that regard. And, and today we, we have some things that are able to help us in, in that regard, but it's still an issue that, that some women have to endure. I think of Rebecca and I think of my own Rebecca when I hear this story because, man, I uprooted this poor girl uh, and, I, and I brought her to the middle of the Pacific. Not so bad. Not so bad. But I took her away from her family. I took her you know, away from all the comforts that she knew and, and boom, brought her here. And what an interesting story. Uh, I kind of resonate a little bit with this story a little more because my own wife's name is Rebecca. But think of the biblical Rebecca. Uh, an old servant guy showed up at her household and was like, my master needs a wife. Do you want to go? 
I mean, think of, of what a woman would have had to endure. Right? We talk about, you know, that, that language today is such dismissive, that patriarchal uh, society that people lived in. And, and for sure, there are some negative aspects of that patriarchal society. And here's one of them of, of just seeing the lack of security that a woman would have had back in those days. Dependence uh, on her family, on loved ones to be able to, to have provision and protection. This isn't a situation where you were hopping in the, you know, the nearest Uber and, and taking a ride around or hopping on a flight to go visit. No, you, you were born in a location, you lived in a location, and you died in a location. You didn't stray too far out of the security and protection of your own area and territory. And here, Rebecca was uprooted. And you just think about the amount of women uh, who had to endure uh, trying circumstances when it comes to marriage uh, and, and having that provision and protection. Well, we, we preached on Tamar and just the shame of what she had to endure in order to be able to extend her family lineage. Uh, and, and you think of, of just so much of, of what women have had to endure in life. They, they have in, endured shame. Mothers endure shame on behalf of just their children in many, many, many situations. Moses' mother is an interesting one. She barely even mentioned, and yet here she is. She's giving birth to a child under the tyranny of, of a pharaoh who said all children who are born are going to be, th- male children are going to be thrown into the Nile and die. And she had to endure giving childbirth at a time and a location where life was just arbitrary. And you think about how many women experience that arbitrariness of life in the world. Uh, maybe not to that degree of tyranny, but y- y- there's, there's just something about it that, that mothers endure uh, injustice oftentimes. I, I think also uh, of the widow. She doesn't even get a name uh, in Scripture, and yet during Elisha's time, uh, here's a lady who had financial difficulties. And when I just put financial difficulties, I, I, think I, could, I think I could stop, step away from the mic and go, tell us your stories of women you know, mothers you know, that have had financial difficulties. And I think many women have endured this type of situation in life. The Shunammite woman in the next chapter, and this is in 2 Kings, in the next chapter, here she is, a, a woman full of hospitality, preparing a place for the prophet Elisha to be able to come and spend and and then ultimately she gets a child, and, and yet the child falls sick and dies. And you see the, uh, the health difficulties. And once again, I think I could stop here and just open up the mic to, to talk about all the different mothers who have experienced health difficulties with their children. I think of my own mother and, and, and think of the health difficulties uh, that when she would get sick when she was a kid, uh, you know what her mother would do for her? She would force her to drink castor oil. You see, we've got some people nodding their head, and I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's outrageous. Uh, we had a, I think we had a bottle of castor oil when I was a kid. My mom didn't make me, make me do, drink that. But uh, my mom wasn't sick very often. Well, she was sick, but she didn't miss much school. Because if you missed school, you had to stay home and drink castor oil. But you think about the amount of things that mothers had to endure with health issues with their, with their children or family members. 
And then an interesting one, uh, Mary had to endure some skepticism. Right here she is, uh, and you, you just think about the story that she would have had to tell over and over. Well, she's the only one that saw the angel. Right? She's the only one that encountered that experience. She's the only one that had that. And then she had to communicate, well, how are you, a teenager, pregnant, and enduring the skepticism? And, and, and while not every woman has had to endure skepticism on a basis of a virgin birth, of course, certainly women have endured skepticism throughout the generations. Skepticism on abilities and talents, capabilities, and you just see this dynamic that mothers have endured an awful lot. And so as you, as you kind of reflect on today, what I'm inviting you to do is, one, to kind of dive in. We didn't exhaust all the women in Scripture. There's more. There's more stories to tell, more stories to think about, uh, more things that you could describe that, that women and mothers had to endure. But this gives you just a taste of some of the stories that we just have to pause, question, and wonder at times. Uh, the, the other things, the, the journeys and the stories that go unspoken of and unwritten of in Scripture. But the second thing that I would like to invite you to consider are what mothers are made of. Resiliency. I love that word. When I think of Eve and her experiencing the trauma of a, of a son murdered by another son... And I think of, of different people who have experienced such trauma. Oftentimes that trauma leads them to just cratering in their own life. But you know what Eve did? Eve said, despite the brokenness, despite the pain, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to give up. I'm going to have more children. You see, mothers have this remarkable tendency to be resilient. There's something in the character and nature of who they are to be a person who doesn't give up. And I think oftentimes when it's rooted properly in faith, we recognize, well, here's a God who's created us to bring order, purpose, and life, but we're doing so in a broken world. And, and so we're going to experience brokenness and, and harm, but you know what? There's also a God that's able to recreate, to, to resurrect, and to bring back to life. And so mothers have this remarkable tendency to see past the brokenness and to be able to hope and to long and to live out a desire and a hope uh, that there is more life to come. Eve did that for us. She's amazingly resilient. Long-suffering, when you see Hannah and you see uh, these other ladies, Cicera, and you see Rachel who struggled with infertility and, and you just see their long-suffering those quiet moments, uh, just reflecting on, well, like the psalmist says, how long, O oh Lord, how long? Right, that cry from deep in the heart of a woman, uh, just uh, of a dream of, of knowing who she was created to be and, and why she was here, to, to hear that calling to bring order, purpose in life and to want to step into that, and yet because of a broken world, not able to do so, and, and yet not giving up, but having long suffering. The very character of God, God is described as long suffering. We were created in his image, and so it should be no surprise that, that women 
uh, share or demonstrate that characteristic of God, of long-suffering. You think of, of Rebecca and, and just the courage that would have taken to get up, to follow some stranger that you met just a couple days ago, to go and leave all the security that you have. Uh, mothers have this remarkable tendency to express amazing courage, to be able to go in and to recognize there, there is something that I am called to do. I'm called to go into the chaos to bring order, purpose in life. And, and because of that, I can step confidently in there. You think of the conviction of Tamar and, and what, what Tamar did. I mean, we, we preached on that. So if, if you need to revisit it, go back to Genesis chapter, I think, 38 it is. Uh, and revisit that story, but she humiliated herself because of her deep conviction that her husband's lineage needed to live on, right? Um, the depths that she went to in order to express the conviction of her heart that life had to happen from this family tree. Uh, amazing conviction. And you think of how many mothers have, have had that conviction throughout the years to be able to go, no, not on my watch is this happening. Death is not going to be the final answer. Life will be the final answer for me and for my family. And to be able to do what needs to be done comes from a deep sense of conviction. Mothers have demonstrated this all throughout history and throughout Scripture. Think of the creativity. You know that, that, that lady, that widow? It, the, uh, the, the prophet said, go to all your neighbors and, and just ask them for empty jars. And she goes around and she just collects a ton of empty jars. And then Elisha says, now take that tiny little bottle of olive oil you've got and just start filling them up. And then at the end of that, here's what's going to happen. We're going to sell the olive oil and the, that'll pay off your debtors and you're going to be able to use the rest for yourself and to provide. You know, that creditor was coming for her two children, her two boys, to essentially make them into slaves to pay off the debt. And yet women, how many women throughout the history have had the creativity to be able to go, I'm going to, this is a problem, a great problem, but we're going to figure it out because we are family and we're going to stay together. And the amazing creativity to see it and hearing stories of, of young girls who, ah, they want to go to prom and they want to have the new dress. And mom makes it happen. How? Well, as they say in the one movie, I don't know, but it's a mystery. Because women have this deep ability to be able to find creative solutions to, to fi even financial problems. The this, this mother, uh, uh, amazing how she did it and, and just, just followed through. A story that sounds a little bit crazy to us and, and yet here, this was the answer and, and she was able to embrace it and participate and cooperate with God's plan in order to do that. See the fortitude of, of, these, of these folks. Just amazing to see what's going on in the determination of, of the Shunammite woman. Hey, she wasn't a mule rider, but she was that day when the son got sick and for all intents and purposes died. She got on that mule and she said to the servant, do not worry about me. 
you go as we go as fast as we can, we've got to get to the prophet. We've got to bring him back to see that level of determination and fortitude and care because she's a mother of her children and she's not even going to give up when all hope looks bleak. When all is lost, she's still going to go because she's determined. And then you see the humility of Mary. What a beautiful story to, to, to see what she was made of, of, of going, yes, I accept this responsibility to be the, the bearer of the Christ child. I'm not going to worry about what the community thinks because I know what you think about me. And, and so I, I'll deal with the skepticism. I'll deal with the humiliation of, of having a child on the appearances out of wedlock. I'll deal with all that skepticism because this is the mission you've called me to. You see, mothers are made of extraordinary things. Yes, there are, there are mothers who have, are broken. And maybe your own experience involves a, a mother who has some brokenness. Uh, and maybe you're sitting there thinking uh, of those times and having a hard time on a day like today to honor mothers, but... I invite you to move past your own personal experience and to think about this, this beautiful creation that God has done, creating mothers. You know, when Eve became pregnant and gave birth, she said, I have created a man like God. You see, there's something miraculous. And though in the last 115 years, 8 billion people have also done it, it's still something miraculous about the physical birth of a, of a human being. And yet it's, it's so much more beyond just a physical birth because that life comes in and then the mother comes in and supernaturally, because she's been endowed by some of these amazing gifts, is able to come in and care and bring such life. You see, the beauty of motherhood goes far beyond just physical birth. And so I invite you to, today to consider what mothers have had to endure in Scripture. Pause, question, and wonder briefly on some of these ladies and, and the story behind the story, the unwritten story of what's not there, of the faith that it must have taken for each one of these to be able to live out, bringing these attributes to light, and then consider what mothers are made of and, and think about a world that, that wouldn't have a woman who is resilient in your life. A woman who, who, who just would give up. At the first sign of trouble, at the first sign of hopelessness, would just stop and, and cash in. As opposed to, to the women who are resilient in your life. Who is it in your life that, that just never gave up on you, knew that no matter what experience of death you were experiencing, she always knew there was life potential for you? Long-suffering, who's the woman in your life? Can you imagine a, a world without a woman and women who were long-suffering, who, who just were, were persevered in prayer, persevered, as Nadia said earlier, persevered in prayer for 15 years and continues to do so, to be able to speak into, into, this, into life this, this hope in a God who's able to come in and to bring back to life. What about the courage of women? 
Think about a, a world where, where there were no women who had courage. What kind of world would that be? No, we need mothers. We need mothers to be able to step in and, and recognize that they have been called to go into the chaos. That it's not just a man's world that goes into the chaos, but women go in with and bring order, purpose, and life. And it comes from a deep, deep conviction of what is true. Think of the beauty of that demonstration of a mother who demonstrates conviction in truth. Cannot be stopped. Cannot be stopped by a culture that says otherwise. But steps in and says, no, we will do what is right. And creativity, the beautiful creativity that women have to be able to solve problems, to have that fortitude and determination and then all rooted in humility. Folks, there's a reason why God designed man and woman and called them to go into the chaos. He said, I'm not just giving you what we would say is a helpmate. Uh, I'm giving you an expert partner. An expert partner who's resilient, long-suffering, courageous, has conviction, creativity, fortitude, determination, and humility. You think you can go into the chaos with somebody that has that and bring order, purpose, in life? It's exactly what God intended. And it's more than this. I just pulled out a few. Spend some time this week going into Scripture and, and, and pausing, questioning, and wondering on other women that are in there and what they are demonstrating, and what they are made of. And then what I want you to do is, for the women in here, I want you to step into this. I want you to step into your calling of who you are as designed by God. And even if you're past the point of childbirth, it doesn't matter. Because as Bob, who practically preached my sermon before I got up here, said, there are many, many individuals in our culture who are longing for this type of involvement in their life. They're in desperate need of it. And, and so you have this opportunity, not just in a, in a physical sense may be gone, but in a spiritual sense to come in and to embrace your motherhood. Do this, women. Find the ones who are out there. There are plenty of orphans. There are plenty of those individuals who are longing for this type of partnership uh, and encouragement. And men, man, today's the day, but every day's the day. Observe in your women this beautiful created gift, whether it's your mom, whether it's your wife, whether it's your sister, whether it's your daughter, whether it's a family member, whether maybe it's not even a blood family member, but somewhere in your life there is a woman who has done these things for you and take the time to lift them up and to honor them. One day is not enough for all that they have done. Each one of us has come from a mother. Today I, find, I hope that you see a little glimpse into what mothers have had to endure and the character behind the endurance that comes from God. Father, I am grateful. I'm grateful for your plan, for your intentionality about creating man and woman in your image and then having us to go into the chaos to bring order, purpose, and life. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I've seen this 
my own mother, my wife, other women in my life to be able to see this character that I've learned so much from, from these women in Scripture, Father, who have testified by their life action these beautiful attributes of who you are, Father. So as we, as we celebrate today our, our mothers and celebrate this opportunity, may we, may we recognize and build this into our worldview that every day is a day to honor them. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.